into the moth light. The music that you can hear in the background comes from the film Savage Witches, the debut feature from artists Daniel Fawcett and Clara Pyish, who collaborate under the title Daniel and Clara. Alongside the production of films, they also program screenings of experimental film and artists moving image internationally, and they publish Film Panic magazine. They have been collaborating since 2011 on moving image work, performance and photography. Since meeting, they have worked exclusively together, seeing themselves as two halves of a single artist. They say that central to their work is an investigation into the language of moving images, exploring how narrative and meanings are constructed, whether making films for gallery or cinema, the subjects of creativity, imagination and the purpose of art are always present. I'm fascinated by the way they approach their work, the themes they explore, their independence and their DIY ethic, all things that I can relate to. I invited Daniel and Clara to share their thoughts on a number of topics that you will hear in this episode of Into the Mothlight. You'll hear audio lifted from some of the films, and I will also read from their manifesto, Cine Rebus. Into the Mothlight We met at the end of 2010 in Brighton, and we started collaborating pretty much straight away. It was only a few weeks after we met that we started work on Savage Riches, which was our first feature film together. Savage Riches is an experimental film about creativity, creative freedom and the magic of cinema. The film is our personal exploration of the possibilities for creating moving images. It was shot on a variety of formats, everything from VHS, DV, Super 8, HD, um, and it also uses a lot of stills and hand-drawn animation. We poured into it all our passion and excitement for what we love about cinema and what we feel cinema can be for us. Some people have said that this film is like a manifesto in that it sets out the foundation of our working process and the key components of our collaboration. We began by writing a script which was about two girls who strike a Faustian deal with a bureaucratic devil to have magical powers and be able to change reality around them. These early versions of the script were more conventional and soon we found them restrictive. Once we'd cast the two main roles and we began working with Christina and Victoria, the two actresses, the film started evolving and taking a different direction to this. We always knew the script was just our starting point and that things would evolve and change as we went along, but we didn't know how far we'd take this at the beginning. At some point, we realized what we were really interested in was the improvisations and the visual experiments. And then the actresses and the characters began merging into one, and the process of creating the film and everything that we were 
all experiencing behind the scenes began spilling into the film, replacing, in a way, certain aspects of the script that had become less interesting to us. In the end, any distinction between document and fiction disappeared. The film became as much about these two characters experiencing a magical power that they had unleashed as much as it was about us and the actresses in a dance of bringing this film to life. We both believe cinema is an art form that has the power to have a transformative effect on us, both as makers and as viewers. And we wanted to create a film to find out what this really meant. Savage Riches really opened up the medium of cinema to us. We investigated every frame and we tried out every possible process that we could think of that was within our means. And so in many ways, Savage Witches has the seeds of many of the things that we explored further in our work after that. Ideas come in a variety of different ways. We work very instinctively and much of what we do materialises from our daily practice. We're very disciplined and we stick to a very structured working hours. And for us, this is very important as it helps bring out a constant engagement with our materials and keeps us ready to respond to the inspiration. In the past we've made some films based on dreams, but we also draw strongly on mythology, fairy tales, art history and, of course, cinema itself. In some ways our work is about cinema as much as anything else. We are fascinated by this medium, these strange devices that can conjure up living dreams before our eyes. state of art leans too far towards the masculine drives. It revels in hierarchies, material value, money, power, rationality and strict definitions. We need to engage more with the feminine to readjust this imbalance. More play and irrationality, less political statements and certainty. More exploration, more risk, more harmony between the body and creativity more healing and more community, more poetry, less facts, more myth, metaphor and feeling, less news and information. It's always been our desire to be able to make films with the same immediacy and directness that a painter paints or a writer writes, to minimize the distance between the moment of inspiration and the actual production of the work. So we've developed a way of working that allows us to do this. We're always working on several films at once, and some projects materialized and are finished very quickly, and others we work on over longer periods of time. They all spill over into each other and cross-pollinate. 
having several films on the go at once means that we never have to stop working. We never suffer from creative blocks. If a particular project reaches a moment of pause, then we simply move over to one of the others and work on that. Our process starts from the point of view that we are servants to creativity. We simply have to develop the craft and the receptivity in order to be able to serve the work. Each film has its own rhythm and its own particular needs, and it's our job to discover what these are and help the films come into existence. So we really believe in daily work, discipline, developing a craft and being in a direct relationship to our tools and in a continuous dialogue with our imaginations. Into the moth light. Into the moth light podcast. Between 2015 and 2017, we worked on a series of feature films that draw heavily upon mythology, alchemy and fairy tales. This body of work grew out of a period of study of our dreams and Jungian psychology. Every morning for a couple of years, we would start the day by writing down our dreams and then discussing them. And it was through this period of uh, dream study that we found a lot of connections between our personal dreams and the symbolisms of myths and other stories. This was really a process to know ourselves better, but we were so inspired by the richness of the imagery that appeared to us that we ended up writing a number of scripts and stories, and these became the foundation of these later films. What is incredible is that once we began this dialogue with the dream sphere, these images would appear to us all the time. It was as if some door had been opened to the unconscious and the images would just flood through. And cinema is an incredible art form in this sense because it can materialise before our eyes, before the eyes of a viewer, a first-person experience. It's not something that we look on from the outside, but something we enter. A film is something we live through, like a dream. In some ways, many of the filmmakers we most admire also work with this kind of imagery uh, or create films that explore this dimension of myth, fantasy and the imagination. People like Derek Jarman, Jacques Rivette, Jeff Keane, Raoul Ruiz, are all major influences to us. They draw upon mythology and painting and these kind of things, but they're always presented through their very own personal perspective. Their films offer us a unique experience of a very particular universe, something we feel we're in more need of in this age of information and opinions. We need more visions, more creativity and more magic. It seems to be that in this age where art primarily focuses on political commentaries, that we're in desperate need of something more meaningful. And for us, these meaningful images have to come from within ourselves. We believe that art's purpose is not to comment on the world, but to enlighten our experience of it. To remind us what a miracle it is to be alive and to be a conscious human creature. Sometimes this can happen through art, which is a confrontation with the terrors of existence. And sometimes it can be through a celebration and an expression of the beauty of existence. But it's always through imagination and creativity. These are the tools of art, not reportage or opinions or morals or even theory, but through the pure expression of a human being in a body at this moment in time. 
The craft of acting is in crisis, and the cause of this is the celebrity. The greatest injustice that we have done to actors is to turn them into stars. Creative expression through performance has been turned into formulaic methods that take as much skill to pull off as playing chopsticks on the piano. A director must select and work with performers who are the living embodiment of the spirits they wish to evoke. It is not necessary for a performer to understand your film, but they must be willing to give themselves to it and trust you to be their guide on this journey. In turn, they must be respected, they must be cared for and looked after. Give them the appropriate conditions to perform their task. We've always been present in our films from the start, but often appearing as ourselves or performing some smaller role in the margins. But over the last year or so, we've begun taking more centre stage and not only being present as ourselves, but also playing characters and experimenting with different ways of performing. We've always been interested in various ways of directing actors and we've experimented a great deal with different techniques uh, over the course of the films we've made. As well as working with professional actors, we've also worked with non-actors and usually having them play quite artificial and theatrical roles. And we've also worked with dancers and other kinds of performers. The way we direct varies from project to project, but there's always an element of improvisation involved. We usually set up parameters for a scene. This might be like a set of actions or a set of words that must be spoken or... Uh, some other kind of framework and then within that we improvise and explore and see what happens. One of the key technical processes that runs through all our films is that we uh, shoot them entirely silently and add all the sound effects afterwards. Nothing is recorded on set, all of the voice, the sound effects, the music, everything is uh, added once the edit is complete. This enables us to work in a very particular way where we can speak with the performers while we're filming we can direct from behind the camera, much like a silent film. And when we're performing in the films ourselves, usually one of us is off camera directing the other. We found ourselves becoming more interested in performing quite organically. Our films are very personal for us and the line between our daily lives and the world of our art has completely disintegrated over time. We work in the studio every day, so the traditional process of writing, casting, rehearsing and pre-production doesn't really work for us uh, and doesn't suit our creative needs. Sometimes we'll just wake up inspired to make a film and we'll need to start straight away. And as we are present, it makes a lot of sense that we can be in the films ourselves and means that our creative process can be very immediate. It's very practical, um, but this practical condition has opened up a lot of interesting doors for us. We don't see our visual language as being particularly related to video art. We are drawn to working with VHS and DV because of their expressive potentials. 
These are formats that you can use to create a particular kind of texture and color that you could never achieve in HD or celluloid. Having said that, we don't see any particular format as being better than any other. We're living in an amazing time now where we have a great variety of moving image making tools available to us. And as artists, this is a great liberation because we can explore what each format has to offer and what their particular characteristics are. And then we can decide which one's more appropriate to the work that we're making. And we don't exclusively work with VHS and DV. We've also shot several films on HD and Super 8, but we find ourselves coming back to DV and VHS again and again, simply because we feel there is a lot more to explore with these tools. Over time, we have developed our own way of working with these formats. We've developed various processes for capturing and refilming to create something that is a high quality image, but using these imprecise devices. The results are painterly and expressionistic rather than crisp images, but they're also not lo-fi or murky. We found a different way to create something else. Into the moth light. Into the moth light. The first issue of Film Panic magazine was published in 2013. It was dedicated to one of our heroes, the great British filmmaker Jeff Keane. I was very lucky to have been able to spend some time with Jeff and I had an interview that I'd done with him and this became uh, the instigator for publishing the first issue. Alongside the interview we published some articles about him and some interviews with people that knew him. We feel that Jeff is one of the greatest artist filmmakers to have ever worked in the UK, but he is not known enough and certainly not celebrated enough for his contribution to cinema and art. After this, Film Panic went on hold for a while as we were busy with other projects, but then in 2016 we relaunched it with our manifesto, The Quest for the Cine Rebus. And since then we've been publishing more regularly and it has become a platform for us to investigate what it is to make films in the 21st century. And we do this through articles by ourselves and other invited filmmakers, as well as in-depth interviews with other contemporary artist filmmakers who we find exciting and inspiring. Alongside the publishing of the magazine, we've also programmed a number of screenings to present the work of the filmmakers who we've met through this project. For us, it's important to do what we can to support those filmmakers whose work we find exciting and inspiring. There are a lot of amazing films being made that get very little exposure because they don't fit into the current trends perpetuated by the film festivals and funding bodies. And we see our role as contributing to supporting a particular niche aside from these. Over time, we've come to realize that there is a kind of movement or wave that exists in contemporary cinema that we're calling the new visionary cinema and that we've explored in one of our recent issues. The films of the new visionary cinema are exploratory, experimental and immersive sensorial experiences. It's a first-person cinema for both the creators and the audience. It's not about definitions and statements. It's a cinema of paradoxes and continuous creative exploration. 
questions such as what is cinema and what is it to be a human being are still open for us and for these filmmakers and through our work we seek to unearth new possibilities. Darkness. Silence. So still. There's no sound from anything. No sound at all. I can feel a breeze now. A soft wind on which we are floating through this darkness. The air moves and we move with it. There is no resistance. I can feel some light now. Soft, dim, blue. For the first time I have sight. Blur forms from the darkness, emerging as light. We are not floating now. I can feel the weight of myself. My body, a mass pressed hard to the ground, magnetized. Have we grown from this world or has it grown from us? Throughout this year we've been working on a new project called the Studio Diary series. This series will eventually consist of a hundred shorts and one feature length film. It takes the form of a daily diary, but these films are not just simple documents of our day-to-day -day activities, but they're also a way of thinking about cinema, creativity and art through the act of making it. They are cinema as thought and creative thought in action. We've made 72 so far and we'll have 100 shorts completed by mid-October when they're going to screen at Dot Lisboa Film Festival in Portugal. All the shorts have, are published online as we make them. We've set ourselves some simple rules uh, for their production. Each film must be shot, edited and released on the same day and the sound can't be recorded in sync with the footage. It has to be created separately but also recorded on the same day. Uh, we never use any archive or previously shot material in these films either. It's all about these daily moments of exploration in the studio. Once the shorts are finished, we're going to be creating a feature film called Studio Diary 101 Self-Portrait. Uh, this will use completely new material, uh, not previously shot in the earlier diaries, and we'll be filming one half in the UK and one half in Portugal over a couple of weeks this autumn and this will be released early next year. Alongside the studio diaries, we've also shot a few short films and three feature films this year. Several of these are a part of a large project in which we're investigating the relationship between painting and the moving image. And we're interested in what cinema can do that painting can't and what painting can do that cinema can't. In these projects, we're making works focused on key subjects, such as landscapes, nudes, portraits and interiors. We've also shot a new feature film called Plot Points. It's a film in which the soundtrack and the images are dislocated. 
On the soundtrack, we hear voices speak as we watch a group of characters wandering around in a misty seaside town. It's hugely inspired by the work of Marguerite Duras and Raoul Ruiz. We're interested in exploring the relationship between the voice and the image, um, hearing unseen speakers reflecting upon their situation as we watch this world washed in a melancholic blue. The film is currently in post-production and will be released sometime in 2019. Into the Mothlight is a Charles S. Bravo production. You can follow us on Twitter at the Mothlight Pod. Email your questions and comments to mothlightpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Mothlight Podcast. Like us, rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. Perhaps you can do something about that. Until next time, goodbye.